621. Welcome to the month of June. It's June 1st, and we start with a couple of hot days, and then things are going to cool off. Uh, heat wave, if I'm remembering all the terminology from last year, we're always learning something new. I think it's because meteorologists just like to, you know, be talked with. Uh, but a heat wave has to be three days, so this is a heat event because it's only two days, so there's there's no bonus round. We are joined by Mark Tui, advisor to business and political leaders. It's the morning brief where we bring one of our pundits in so they can weigh in on the day's big stories. Good morning, Mark Tui. Good morning, John Moore. Okay, I don't think it's much of a surprise that the electoral race is starting to gel. It's kind of like the end of a basketball game where all the decisive stuff happens, and now apparently everybody's going after Olivia Chow. Yeah, well, she absolutely keeps uh, topping most of the polls, and so that makes sense. Everybody's trying to knock her down a peg. But I also think they're trying to identify her because, as you pointed out earlier in this show, she really doesn't stand for anything. Neither, none of them really do. They, don't, they haven't had time, and they, it's hard to understand what they would do as mayor. It's kind of one of those situations of, elect me mayor, and then I'll figure it out. Other, so there's some broad themes that they're trying to fall back on. Mark Saunders trying to be law and order guy, uh, which kind of fits his uh, career profile, although he was the chief of police and quit. So I'm not sure how, you know, law and order, you, you I mean, you could certainly pack some holes there. Uh, Olivia Chow, on the other hand, seems to be one of those uh, politicians for whom raising taxes is always the answer. And they're trying to peg her down on how much will she raise your taxes, because all of her solutions seem to sa- suggest that the way to make Toronto more affordable is to raise the price of living here, which kind of beggar's reason, quite frankly. Uh, The special rapporteur, David Johnston, says he's not leaving, even after Parliament said he should quit. I realize they have have no jurisdiction. He works for, uh, you know, I don't know if officially for the Prime Minister, but he was appointed by the Prime Minister. Uh, But still, I, I don't know why he sticks around. Like, take the summer off and go for a canoe ride. Yeah, I think he's kind of gotten himself into something he can't get himself out of easily at this point. It was uh, a mistake for him to come back. When you finish your term as the uh, as the head of state, effectively, uh, de facto, you would think that you, I mean, they're given a huge pension and uh, expected to just kind of go off into non-profit, uh, you know, good works for society and, and charitable works for the rest of their life because they don't have to work again. Uh, he's kind of dug himself a big hole. He was a universally respected uh, personage in Canada, and now he's really damaging his reputation in many circles. On the other hand, you've got Jagmeet Singh, whose uh, NDP actually voted in favor of this motion uh, yesterday. It wasn't their motion, in fact. Uh, and he's saying, well, this will show the government that, uh, you know, the House is losing confidence in it. Well, another way to show the government the House has lost confidence in it is to support the vote of non-confidence, which he refuses to do. So, I mean, Jagmeet Singh also not coming out of this smelling very rosy. What do you make of the fact that they're reassessing security issues as affects uh, ministers in Ottawa, top bureaucrats and others? There's been so much vitriol and threats of violence that people who don't have bodyguards may end up having bodyguards. Yeah, it's a sad state of affairs. I understand why they're doing it. It probably makes sense. Uh, the challenge they're going to have, though, is where are these uh, police officers going to come from? Because recruiting for police services across the country is uh, difficult to do these days. And so are they going to pull uh, officers off of uh, provincial policing duties in British Columbia or municipal policing duties in Saskatchewan uh, to go protect uh, bigwigs in Ottawa? Because uh, you can't just make a police officer. You've got to train them. 
them and you got to recruit them and that's been very difficult and uh, the other challenge the other th the concern that I have is when you have protection it further distances you from uh, the public and part of the reason why the public many members of it a very small fraction but are so vitriolic and so angry is that there has been the perception at least of a really big yawning gap between where decision makers live and how they perceive the world and how the rest of Canadians uh, live and see the world and so when you put uh, you know a centurion guard standing between that gulf is going to become yet bigger and more more problematic yeah I guess something that concerns me is there's almost a legitimization of either violent intent or genuine violence when it comes to government figures and I think you know go door to door make a pamphlet vote but the idea for example that some people cheered the guy who threw gravel at Justin Trudeau it's like he's not a despot he's an elected prime minister who could easily be you know tossed from office if you actually got busy yeah I 100% agree with that although th the behavior and the response Justin Trudeau has brought a lot of this ire upon himself by just kind of poo-pooing and looking down his nose at people and that doesn't help either there there's damnation to be given on both sides of this uh, there's still never an excuse for violence or throwing even if it's gravel and you don't expect to hurt somebody that's an unacceptable act but our government needs to start waking up and taking the accounts of people who actually struggle every day to get by their frustrations are palpable and they're boiling over and it's not getting better anytime soon. Are we being shaken down by Stellantis? The province and the feds apparently have come to a deal to throw even more money at the company. Uh, yes and no. I mean, this is just a part of normal business. If if you took the government out of it and you looked at this as a negotiation between three parties that wanted to create a factory that's going to cost billions of dollars and trying to figure out who's going to pay for what, this is the normal course of business. If you're a small business person and you wanted to open up a burger shop, you could decide to build it yourself or you could decide that you know, you'd probably make more money if it had a golden arch above it and it was called McDonald's. But now you've got to pay McDonald's something to get them to give you the right to do that. Uh, there's a lot of toing and froing, and you pass money. At the end of the day, it's the numbers that matter. The challenge with government is they don't always show us the numbers. Uh, I would assume that this makes sense if, at the end of the day, Ford makes money out of this, the government gets new tax revenue out of this that is greater than the amount of money they invested. And if that's the case, this is a good deal. If it isn't, then you've got to start questioning. There's a new study out where they simply asked people of various ages, how much do you think you need to live comfortably? And Gen Z thinks you need an annual income of more than $100,000. Uh, oddly enough, the older you get, the less money you say you need, but I guess that's because they got money in the bank. Yeah, I think so. And, uh, you know, they're not really necessarily you know wanting to be comfortable at the same level the one thing I'll say I haven't worked with uh, university students for the last years most of them are not that flagrant in what they expect to make they don't you know they I think they'd all like to be multi-billionaires but uh, most of them just want to be able to live a comfortable lifestyle in the present they're not really thinking in the future but a hundred thousand dollars to be quite frank I think is not very much and if you want to live anywhere within commuting distance of Toronto I think you'd be hard-pressed to make a comfortable living at $100,000 or less.
Yeah, I always think they're pretty hard done by because not only have we taken away a lot of things like defined benefits, pensions for young people, but then everybody turns around and tut tuts about, oh, you and your expensive phones and your lattes. And I don't find young people, I'm with you, I don't find them to be that extravagant. No, but having said that, I mean, they said the same thing about my generation. I mean, uh, oh, you know, who, who are we? Uh, you don't know how hard it was during the Depression or during the war. Well, you know, I bought my first car at 20% interest, uh, and you had to work very hard, and you never got ahead. Uh, so every generation has its own crosses to bear. This one is inflation, but still not inflation like we've seen it in the past. Uh, the challenge, I think, is government, Bank of Canada, that don't really understand what the average person is dealing with and their policies are disconnected from reality in many cases. Thank you, sir. Good to have you this morning. Thanks, John.